Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We have a special interview today. It's a two for one. (laughs) We have Shayna and Vanessa, money coaches that have co-founded Ideal Balance that are going to share with us today all things about money. So if you've been finding that you've been burying your head in the sand when it comes to your finances, that's not the plan. (laughs) They're going to help you unlock a new way of life that maybe you didn't think was possible for you because the reality is abundant life is here now. So we're going to talk about it. And together in this episode, make sure that you hang out till the end. We're going to talk about how to tie your vision to your money, how to make intentional decisions with your finances, how to tithe, of course, and how to celebrate what's possible when you steward your resources and priorities well. Lots of goodness all up in this episode, okay? So before we dive in, if you haven't gotten plugged into Courage Co., that is a great space to get plugged into free prayer calls, challenges, masterclasses, and small groups. Yes, for real. We really care about you developing personally and spiritually and having a space where we're non-negotiable about that, that's exactly what you're gonna do in there, right? It's not a networking community per se. It is not a space to run an ulterior motive or an agenda. This is truly a space where you get to invest in you and develop, okay? So you can get plugged in over at www.courageco.org. And also, if you have been hanging here with us for a minute, but have not left a review, if you would do that, we love to bless you with the God's Vibes Matter devotional. It's a 30-day devotional of growing in intimacy with God. So when you rate the podcast, that is a great way that other people get to hear about the podcast and it gets to show up in their lives and bless them. It also is one of the ways that we know that you're here. So if you could go ahead and take a minute, literally, head over to Apple Podcasts and you'll see you can write a review. So you can rate it five stars and you can write a review. And when you do, go to julianapage.com, click on the podcast page, and there is a section there where you can input your information and we'll make sure to get that free gift over to you. All right. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's dive into this interview. Welcome, ladies. Tell everybody who you are. Thank you. Well, I am Shana and I am Vanessa. Yes. And I'm sure you can totally tell us apart. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be fine. We're going to get through that. The different uh, hair colors helps. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, it does. She used to have the same hair color, but she looks oh, okay. in uh, her darker one. So I made, I made her stay. I made her stay. She had a moment recently. She's like, should I go? I'm like, no, you look so It's easier to cover those grays, you know, when you got blonde hair. So it's very tempting. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. See, now I know the strategy. Anyway, back to who we are. Uh, Shane and Vanessa, we are the CEOs, co-founders, whatever you want to call it, of Ideal Balance. We are financial coaches and Mm -hmm. best friends, and we do life together, do business together. And um, that's what we We just spend way too much time together. No boundaries fine but it just you know it's one of those things where um the the other day I was telling her I'm like okay we need friend time because we spend so much time just talking about work and just to take that break you know a couple probably about six months ago I came over to her house and we did like hair and makeup and movies and Mm -hmm. nails and we just had like a whole girl day then because we always are talking about work and uh, and even when we're trying to have friend time we're momming or we're we're momming together our kids are our kids are really close too yes so. And side note, that was the first time I've ever done that. Did you do that? 
Stop. Oh, I had so a hair and nail makeup day or whatever we did. Like it was really cool. I don't have a sister. She doesn't either. Oh. Except for me. So anyway, amazing. Isn't that interesting though? Sometimes we're like, how do we human? Like, how do we have like, <laughs> friends? I saw a meme one time and it's like, see you in three months. Like that's how you have friendship as adults. <laughs> Let me put <laughs> you on my calendar. calendar. It's like a whole mess, right? It is. It's a mess, but it, for us, for me, I know, and probably your listeners, it's the only way that it happens mm-hmm. because yes, it so many things that are pulling you so many um, good and bad uh, distractions that want, that want your time, that want your calendar. And so you have to make the things that matter a priority. Yeah. And I think it goes down to, you don't have to do it all either, mm. you know? And I think, especially if you're, I'm a people pleaser. So it's like wanting to get together with every, everyone, wanting to reach out to everyone, wanting to make sure you stay connected. But the reality is, is they have their own life too. They're super busy. And if you can just have those few, you know, quality over quantity, having the few that are in your life that are, that are a priority that matter to you, that, um, give as much as, as, as they take right back and forth. Uh, that's all you, that's all you really need. And, and that it's just going to mean more in the long run. So good. Such a good reminder, right? You only need a few. <laughs> you only need a few. Well, yes. Yes. Love. So how did y'all get connected? how did you guys meet each other? Go ahead. So our, we, uh, at the YMCA long time ago, it's 10 oh. years ago, actually. The boys were four years old. They went to VBK and we went to a workout class together. And I remember saying, Hey, I went to this church the other day. And she said, Oh, what church? I need a church. And I'm like, Hey, come with me. And so the next week we went to church together and we ended up being really great friends. And the boys were the same age and uh, the girls were a couple years apart as well. And so we just, it just kind of clicked and we stayed friends for a while. You know, she moved with, uh, with military and, and things happened, life happened, but then we ended up coming back. And so it's just been a really cool journey. Wow. And it's 10 years, over 10 years, this has been evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, at some point we're going to have to up that to 11 because <laughs> like we just, it's easy for me because my son, you know, he'll be 15 soon. So we know that that's coming up and, um, that's the milestone, just their birthdays. And I mean, when we met one of my children wasn't even born. So there's that, there's been a lot of life that's happened. Yeah. And, uh, and like Vanessa said, the cool thing is we were able to cement our f- friendship with, um, the church that we went to. And I, so it's funny. She didn't mention it. It's like, we went to church one week. Uh, the second week, I think we were like leading community groups and it was just like all in. It was so good. So we were doing that together and um, yeah, so it was, it's really good. So good. So how did you guys make the transition from just being friends to what you do today? (laughs) Well, the size um, is big. Maybe we have to, we had to do some things wrong first Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, learn well even then when I don't know if I would even say wrong but you know God is using all the puzzle pieces to put it together for good right so you have to get some of the beginning parts and one of the beginning parts which is hilarious and I I really wish I I don't have a memory so I keep Vanessa for my like regular mom business memory and I keep my husband for my personal like my that marriage or that memory because mine just goes somewhere else anyway I don't remember why I got Dave Ramsey's book but I got it okay I read it and I gave it to my husband I said babe, we should do this. And he said, okay, let me read this book. And then he gave it back to me. I think the next day, maybe And he's not a fast reader. So we'll see. Um, and he said, we already do this. We don't need to worry about that. And I'm like, I don't think we do, but that's okay. So I was like, well, I did my part (laughs) here, Vanessa, you should read this. So Vanessa had a whole different take on the, that went a whole different way for Vanessa. Yeah. And I'm not a reader. I don't, I, you know, I was actually, 
this is uh deep. I would find myself reading hooked on phonics books when I was a kid because I couldn't read very well. And my parents loved them to death, but reading just wasn't their thing. And so they never just sat down and taught me how to read. So I'm a very slow reader and I don't have a great, you know, vocabulary when it comes to reading. She gave me this book and it's not, it's not small. Total it's not money small. Makeover. Yeah, yeah. And I sat down and I demolished the whole thing, like read the whole thing. I was so excited. And, you know, the one, th- you know, a lot of people can read it and take a, take different things out of it. For me, the first thing that, that I took out of it was I don't have to live like the Joneses or you shouldn't live like the Joneses. I think that was the first thing that, again, there's lots more things. And, uh, you know, I went to Portugal a couple months later with my kids. I quit my job and went to Portugal because my husband said I could. <laughs> and my grandmother lives there for six okay, months. There's support. It's a big, yeah. Her grandparents lived there six months out of the year and yes. here six months out. And so she, she went with them. And she said, just come before the kids start school. So they're in VPK. So I pulled my son out. I think it was the last month of VPK. And, and she said, just come before they start kindergarten. Like you're never going to get this time again to come for this long. Aww. So I went and I remember loving it. I loved the simplicity of the, the lifestyle over there, the small houses, the camaraderie, the family, the, how they just spend time with each other, the contentment I really learned. And, and mind you, in the process, my husband and I were actually about to start building a 3000 square foot, two-story house. Gross. Like <laughs> literally that was our thought. We were about to contact an architect. I know we're about to contact an architect to build this house. And I came there, my husband came out halfway in between. And I said, this is, this is who I am. This is, this is what I want. This is what's important to me, family and spending quality time together. I'm not, I want the small house. I want the small car. Yeah, we don't I'm, want the teenagers to be able to retreat and not be yeah. able, and you don't know where they are. You want, you want everybody to be kind of together. Yeah. yeah. So I remember coming back with all of my luggage and hating my house. I literally <laughs> came back, opened all of my cabinets and I said, why do we have all this stuff? What is this stuff even, how is it serving our family? I am house poor. Literally my husband works so much just for us to pour all of our money back into our home. So long story short, we sold the big house, bought a tiny house. I was mortgage-free and debt-free at 31. Okay. And, and that is a whole God story because God said, oh, you're going to start a company mortgage-free. And I, I remember laughing, literally going, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 28 years old. How do you get mortgage-free and start a business? And I was like, oh, it's math. I love math. I can do this. And so we, you know, got busy and we got down and, mm-hmm. and paid the house off. And, and then I was still at the job that I hated. And God said, God like knocked at the door and said, what are you doing? I told Hold you on. that you were supposed to leave. So meantime, so we, you know, we moved away uh, for our military, but in the meantime, yeah. my husband, I don't know, maybe he, maybe, you know, how God, like the seed was planted. So yeah. I don't know. I think I started listening to Dave. I don't remember. We were in a life group. Um, doing love and respect was such a good book or such a good I devotion. Love, that one, um, yeah. love it. But okay. the, um, this is such a funny story, but one of the couples there gave us FPU, which is financial peace university. And we would watch it at night with my mom who was staying there. Cause I was having a baby and stuff. So all three of us would like, this was instead of Netflix or whatever, we would watch FPU over and over. And we just, and we were just like, that is this information. <laughs> and so once we did that, that's when he got fully on board and we went, um, we, we, fortunately we didn't really, we didn't have a lot of mess to clean up. So we got debt free, um, and went on to baby steps, you know, four five and six, the way it is. And for us, the big deal was he was g- going to retire soon and we wanted him to be able to do what he wanted to do instead of what he had to do. Um, we didn't want to have a, a heavy financial footprint. So that's what we did. And, um, 
And I was in the, in that process, I was a, um, at that point I was a, a personal trainer and it had led me to understand that there's so much, whatever's going on, if you're having issues there, there's something deeper. So I figured I'm, from I'm trying to be real, real nice about that. And yeah. so I thought I need to get more co- training. Cause I versus a lot, a lot of personal trainers would be like, that's not my area. You need to go over there. I felt called to really figure this out and help them. I Start couldn't, them. yeah, I just couldn't let it be. So I got some more certifications and one of them was because it's always the same thing for moms or for women. You know, it's, I can't figure out how to eat healthy. I I wish I was more happy with my body. My house is a wreck mm-hmm. um, and my finances are stressing me out. So I got my, I love Dave and I just couldn't stop. So I went ahead and got a certification for him uh-huh. uh, with, with him. And then I called Vanessa. This is a whole nother God story we'll talk about, but. Um, so I, while I'm struggling with what is this? why did I become mortgage free? Like, what is this doing? What, why me? Why did you want me to do this? She is going through this, you know, getting her financial uh, coaching certification. And I didn't know. Yeah. And I would say there's such a testimony, but we ended up, we were going to come back to Navarre, which is in Florida, which was never on the cards or in on the table, in the cards on the the table. And so that's when I text Vanessa. Yeah. So she texted me and she said, you need, and, and she, it's funny, like years before that, she said, you are so good with money. You should help people. And I'm like, what do you like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand. How do you do that? And so she texted me and she said, I think I told her that we, Hey, we paid the house off. She said, you should get your financial coaching certification. I'm moving back home and you should do this with me. And I literally remember asking God, what am I supposed to be doing? I just did everything you told me to do, but for what reason? And I said, I need neon shining lights. I don't do good with like nudges. Guessing. I'm, not, I'm not guessing. Don't make me guess. <laughs> I need like flashing <laughs> red water sign. out of the rock, whatever you got right. to do, burn a bush, something. Right, <laughs> yes. right. That. That's what I need. Yeah. So I think it was probably the next day I got the text from Shana and I said, okay. Yeah. And I, I think the next day after that is when I signed up, got my mm-hmm. financial coaching certification and here we are. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so tell us about your company and what you do now that you're connected. So, uh, <laughs> so we, you know, we've been learning. It's really cool that, um, we started together in 2019 doing this mm-hmm. and it's now 2023 and we're, we are really honing in on exactly how to serve our peoples. And, um, basically the, the, the idea is there's a lot of information out there about what you should do it's not as easy or clear for people on how to do it because Mm -hmm. every budget is different. Every financial circumstance is different. Every marriage is different. Every income is different. Like there's so many things that get, get, get in the way of people, you know, perfecting, which is kind of a joke, their budget and getting it to their, you know, their financial vision that that's where we come in. We're helping you do the actual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we just walk alongside our clients and basically, I mean, they even say, I need someone to hold my hand. I'm like, we will do that yeah. because that's honestly, they need the accountability, the accountability, excuse me. They need someone to tell them exactly what to do and how to do it and show them that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, you know, I just had a client with, I had a new, new session with a client right before this. And I showed them, I said, do you see how it's all coming together? And they said, yes, you know, it's really hard for people to, to visually, to visually see it if it's not written down. So the idea of it floating around in your head could, is one thing, but when you put it on paper and show them, if you follow this plan, this is the end result of it. 
it just gives it a whole new context. And so we just really love showing them and, and it, that hope, like we always mm -hmm. say, we're injectors of hope. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's yeah. showing them that there is, you can do something. You know, I, I walked with, walked through my new client with their budget and I said, oh, this debt is so doable. And to them, it was drowning. But yeah. because we've seen so much worse, yeah, we've seen, really we yes, you know, we've seen the good and the bad. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is fine. And so I asked them, how do you feel at the end of this? And like, we feel hopeful. We feel confident. And that that's what it's all about. It is so good. And that's that vision piece, right? Without it, we perish. So like life gets so much more complicated when we can't yes. see. Yes. So that's good. such a good point because yeah. most people are, you know, stuck in the rat race, stuck in the, the doing the everyday daily, cycle, the surviving the cycle. Yeah. And, you know, we, she had a client that started crying when she asked her, what are your long-term goals? And, you know, we, you know, we have, we have a big calling. Every one of us has a big calling on your life. And when you get stuck and you can't see it, mm -hmm. like that's when you, that's not a life that anybody actually wants to live, but they just don't know how to get out of it. They don't have somebody encouraging them that there's more to the story. Right. So that's that, what you said, that's the first question. What is your vision? What are your dreams? What's your why? What is your future? What could be possible if you actually took the time to think about it and then and then set after it? You know, and that is super exciting. That's the best. That's the first question that we ask. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. And every area of your life truly needs to have vision and purpose. So if it's finance, if it's relationship, if it's self, like all of those areas need vision. So I love that you hone in specifically on this area because it's one that many can ignore neglect, yep. refuse to look at, you know what I mean? Run from, deny. There's so much that can happen in that area. So what are some biblical keys that you can share with people when it comes to money? Well, <laughs> when you say that, the first thing that comes to me is the parable of the talents, which I'm sure that you've talked about to your audience a lot, but what, when you say when people just like ignore it mm -hmm. and we, we did, we were thinking about this, you know, how an ostrich, I guess, I don't know if they really do, but they stick head their hand, the head in the sand and how the one um, servant buried mm -hmm. the money in the sand. It, to me, it's like this, par this parallel vision, um, metaphor, whatever. And, you know, one of the biblical truths is you, uh, you, you you're supposed to be a good steward of what you're given. Right. And not everybody is given the same thing. So there's no pressure to try to compare that or whatever. But whatever you're given, you are called to be a good steward of it and make more of it. Make more of it, like not just be okay with it, right. not, not spend it, not just don't be, make bad decisions. You're supposed to be active and productive and, and do and produce and mm -hmm. create. We're creators, you know? And so that, that parable is one of our favorites. And in that parable, you know, it says he basically gave each servant what they were capable of handling. Mm -hmm. And he was very specific on that. And I think that was really good because he knew what the one, the, the three different ones would do with their money. And, um, and so, yeah, and it's just about starting small, like knowing this is what I'm given. How can I take this and what can I do with it to serve, mm -hmm. to serve the Lord? And it doesn't have to be a lot at first, but the more, the better you are at it, at the, then, then you get more and then, then you get more wise, yeah. right? You follow the, you follow biblical truths about your money and you know exactly where you're going with it and your why you have that vision, right? And you can just continue over time to, to invest it better or use it better or make better decisions, more intentional decisions decisions about your money. One of my favorite lines that's repeated twice in that parable yeah. is when um, the master said, let's go celebrate. Mm -hmm. 
Like we need to really hone in on that. It's um, not only is it you're going to get, there's going to be consequences if you don't do the right thing. There is reward and celebration when you do the right thing, when you are doing what you're called to do with the resources and, and whatever you've been given, there's celebration. Like I love that part, you know, and yeah. I know that you've talked about uh, wealth on your podcast and, you know, doing it God's way. And I just think sometimes there's such a taboo about money, right. <laughs> especially in the Christian circle or circle. I don't even know what that meant, but it, within the Christian community, but I, that's not what I read, right? I, I read the love of money, which we can talk about is, is something that we need to worry about, but that there, the scarcity mindset got punished. The abundance mindset got rewarded and celebrated. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. And so to think about like God wanting to celebrate with you, yeah. wanting to celebrate with you because you did, you won with your money. Like yeah. that's huge. Yeah. So good. So good. And I know you guys talk a lot about tithing too. So can you share about your perspectives on that? We sure can <laughs> because, <laughs> because we sure can. So we have kind of three different points we want. We want to put about the put to, to, to your audience about tithing. The first one is obviously you have to get on a budget because you don't know if you can afford mm-hmm. to tithe or not. That's a, although, you know, we're called to tithe without figuring that part out. But sometimes people think I can't afford it, but they don't know right. because they, they're not on a budget. They don't have a budget. So they don't know if they can or not. And they if, say they can't, yeah. but they've never yeah. written the numbers down and to see if that's actually a true statement. If you feel if you feel called to tithe and you don't have a budget, then you must also know some of these biblical truths that we we have talked about that you're supposed to be a good steward of your money. And if you're not budgeting it, you're not being. And so that's just some mm-hmm. harsh truth. But you, in order to be a good steward, you have to have a plan for your money. So that's the first step. Like that's non-negotiable, right? And what about if you're on a budget already? Yeah. If So if you're on a budget already, so some people ha- have one there. And, and let's be clear, accounting is not is not a budget. So if you're accounting for what you spent last month, that is not a budget. A budget is telling your money where it's going future tense, right? right. Where where this is the middle of May. Okay, what is what am I going to be doing for June? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're already on a budget, Dave likes to say, show me your budget and I'll show you your priorities. So maybe your budget isn't the best it could be. Maybe there's some wiggle room. How much are you going out to eat? How much are you spending on Target? How much Mm -hmm. are you spending money on Amazon for unnecessary items, right? So just take your budget, look at it and say, what can I sacrifice? Because that's not a priority to tithing because that is a priority that is important to to me and my family. Yeah. And if this is important to you, your tithe. So it on our actual budgets on the tithing is the first line item as it should be. And it should be for you too. You know, that is the first thing that you do with your money. That's the first thing you get to do with your money. Yeah. It's so, and that's the mindset it should be right. Right. It's so exciting and rewarding and it's good obedience. I, I mean, I think about tithing uh, in every part, like the first part of your day, give it to God, you know, obviously the first part of your money, give it to God. Like this puts you in the right mindset. It puts you in obedience. It puts you in, you know, delighting in the Lord. And so it's really important. It should be the very first line item. It's non-negotiable. It's like, you know, eating or buying food. It's above that, but it's that important in your budget. Yeah. We like to tell our clients your pocket money for the month is non-negotiable because if you don't have it, you're going to pull from somewhere and you're going to use it anyways. Your, your, but tithing should be your first line item. And it's non-negotiable because that is a priority to you. That is what's important to you and your family. So make it a non-negotiable, right. make it, if something has to get cut in the budget, it's your, you're going out to eat fund. Yeah, it's your Amazon fund. It's something else. You're basically budgeting with everything after the tithe. Right. So that's how, you know, this is actually what I have to budget with. And, um, you know, my husband ties 
Uh, it's so important. We're so, you know, uh, nerdy about this, but it's like the first thing that we do on payday, right? And then everything else happens. And it's it's important that that is your mindset because that, you know, giving with a cheerful heart, that's where we want to be when it comes to tithing. And then, you know, however, we're going to give it a small caveat because we have, you know, grace. No there's one's grace. perfect. Everyone's yeah. got grace. That's fine. There's room. There's room. And um, so we say, start where you're at. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, if it's just, if it's overwhelming and you can't figure it out, um, just start, just say this month, I'm going to, I'm going to give 1% and I'm going to see, and I'm going to start managing. Like we talked about, I'm going to be, become a good steward. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out. I'm going to see what I've done wrong, but I, but you just want to start because I know we are called, we are made to be generous. Right. We love it. Um, so you want to start and we know you do, but you haven't figured it all out. Right. So just say 1%. I'm going to start this month on 1%. Yeah. And so if you, so that, and that's, if you've not been tithing, like right. if it's been on your heart and it's something that you've been wanting to do and you haven't done it, start with 1% of your income. Right. And then if you are tithing, say you're tithing 5% or say you're tithing a dollar amount, right. Then let's up that. Let's yeah. start next month, go up the yeah. next month after that, go up until you're almost, oh my gosh, now I'm at 10%. Didn't even know I could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So starting, and we like to like the grace part. Don't, don't beat yourself up that you're not tithing 10%. Hey, you're going to start today. You're going to change today. And that's going to be different for you. Yeah. So good. Do you find too that you guys minister in these areas? Cause I have found it's like, what's knowledge for some isn't true for everybody. So it's like, oh, what could be, for example, I know I should tie that that's a priority, but it's never been for me. And like, what is the point of that? Or why is that valuable to me? Right. Or do you incorporate prayer into that? Right. Cause a lot of what we do, it's not performance-based, but it's enablement, divine enablement. That's the grace piece. Right. So I'm just curious if you bring in prayer or ministry in the sense of teaching around this too, because I just find that that is so, so valuable. Right. Absolutely. So like one recent example is I had a client, she, her, her church had done a tithe challenge, which is great. It's good. Um, and she had the money in her savings account, um, for tithing and it was nicknamed tithing. And I said, that's not tithing actually. I don't, I'm (laughs) that's saving money, giving it to your church immediately. That's tithing. That's actually what, what tithing is. Um, and so for sure, for sure there is, and I love, you know, everybody's, so, you know, our pastor used to say, you know, everybody's on a, a yardstick and you don't know which point they are to, you know, to Jesus slash to tithing slash to whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so your job is to, you know, just speak life. Like you said, be a light in the darkness and, and whatever. And even like you said, it might just be this one area. They don't understand. They don't understand the benefit, the, the, um, blessing that comes from tithing. So for sure, we, um, we definitely get the opportunity to minister and also just be a witness and example, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can speak all day long to all the blessings that I've, I've seen. And even my husband has seen from doing this and it's just easy. It's an easy way to be a witness. Right. And I think that, you know, we've had clients that say, I love how unapologetic you are about this because it is the first question we ask when we are doing budgets with our clients. Not all of our clients are Christian and that is okay, but we don't hold back on how we talk about things and what we believe. Um, we are respectful, but we don't, we don't talk, you know, we don't halt on certain topics just because they are who we are versus who we are. And, um, but, but just seeing them flourish and, and seeing them blossom and watching them 
oh my gosh, I can type. Oh my gosh, this is part of who we are now and mm -hmm. praying over them. Like I remember I sent Shana a text the other day and I said, let's add mar marriage counselor to my list of non-certifications right. that I have, <laughs> right? And because we are always, we, we pray over our clients, we over them during sessions and then for them, you know, privately in our own time, we are always just helping them with whatever situation because it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Like when she was a, a personal trainer and it's, oh, now we're talking about your home. Let's talk about finances. Let's talk about your marriage. Mm -hmm. It all comes together. So we have done, it's not just financial coaching. When mm -hmm. we go into the sessions with our clients, it comes down to everything. And because it's all important and it all affects, they each affect each other. Yep. 100%. And finance can be one of those areas that creates strife and division, especially within relationships. So that's so powerful. It's like when you can bring unity there, when you can bring clarity and vision there and some like simple refinements there, that can save a marriage, which is a beautiful thing, right? Oh yeah. In our, in our podcast, <laughs> we say savers of marriage. So oh, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. who we are. That's how we identify. Yes. And, um, injectors we, of hope and yeah, savers of we marriage. We didn't necessarily mean for that to happen, but it, again, it is a place to witness it's a byproduct. because so, what you said, there is so much darkness and there's so many people that don't they don't have a concept of not fighting with their spouse about money. They don't mm -hmm. even think that's possible. So you get to shine light, inject hope, speak life over both people at the same time. And it's really great. And the other thing I will say is seeing the light in people, like, you mm -hmm. know, seeing, believing what in Jesus it. sees in them. And that is, they are, they do want to be generous. We know that about every single client that we have. They do want to be a good steward. Mm -hmm. That's why they're here. So it's our job to help them and to like pull it out of them, exhort them and help them to be, to get to that point for sure. And especially too, when you can give them context, right? Like you were mentioning the love of money. So it's tithing is what's helping you to not fall into the love of money that would hinder you, right? Because that money, right? Every good and perfect gift is coming from above, whether that's your money, your actual gifts and talents, whatever it happens to be relationships. This is all God blessing you, right? And the key to keep that blessing flowing is to remember who it's coming from, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I was just the first fruits all the time, right? When you do that, you're not gripping it or getting this expectation that you have to hustle for it or struggle for it or strive for it, any of that. You know where it comes from. So that keeps you in a lot of ways in this flow of prosperity and it breaks off this poverty spirit and this lack mindset. And then it gets you out of selfishness and self-centeredness, right? Where you're just focusing on like me and mine and almost like hoarding, right? Right. How many people could I bless if I were able to get to this financial vision, right? Like if God could bless me to this degree, then I'm not just like me and mine, like I'm helping and serving so many more people and that's inspiring to me. And now I have something to really work and partner with God to create in the world, which is super inspiring, right? So I think context like that can give people not even just hope, but purpose and this passion to run with endurance after creating something that they don't see as possible originally before meeting you guys. Right. No, I think that's so good. Uh, Dave Ramsey one time said, you know, if your fist is closed, huh? nothing is going to come out or go right. Yeah, you true. can't give in, you can't get, but with your hand, your palm open, then you so, not only can give, but you can receive. Yeah. And I remember watching that. I think it was on one of the FPU videos that, that we saw. And, and it's true. Like the more, if you are giving that, that love of money, it's like, you're releasing that, right? Cause you're no, it keeps you from keep, we like, we like to say like, keep yourself in check. Like what, what's the why behind some of the things that you're doing? And is it because mm -hmm. of the love of money or is it not? So just really think about that. But yeah, no, that's really, 
I love that. And then also I was listening to a podcast with my kids the other day and somebody said, well, money, money is the root of all evil. And I paused it and I was like, no, no, it's the love of all love of money. And so I was still explaining to my kids that people have just been take, they take that part out. It's well, money is no, it's not, you know, you just have to put it in through yeah. correct context. Right. Yeah. And there's this, um, let's say just, you know, incorrect belief or, or thought that being wealthy if you're wealthy, it means it must mean you love money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not true, you know, but I think that is definitely a mindset that people have is being, if they're wealthy, they must love money so much that they, that's how they got there. And it's just not, that's not the, that's not the case. Yeah. I like to say that the enemy of your soul wants you broke, busted and disgusted. Right. So if you can really stir up a ton of fear around money, then it's like, you would never feel capable of being disciplined, of being a good steward, of being able to really influence in this way. So it's like, why even try, right? This is just what I know. This is sort of my lot in life. It's like you accept something that was never your portion, but when you don't know better, you stay in these cycles. So it's really interesting. I'm curious to hear what the number one fear is that people come to you with and what the biggest blessing that they experience is. That's a good question. Yeah. The number one fear. Oh, I would maybe say just not having, they don't see that they have enough money or for the things that they want. Like the fear is, is like, I'm never going to have enough. There's never going to be enough. And um, maybe, go ahead. Yeah, I think an under, and so that's more in the over, like the, the one that's present in their brain, I think underlying their fears for their marriage and their kids. So um they know that their marriage is, you know, it's like if if you kept doing what you're doing right now for 10 more years, where, where are you guys going to be at? First of all, your marriage is going to not be great a lot of times. Um, and then what are you teaching your kids? And they know, they know that that's, that that's a problem and they don't want to be there. And so on the flip side, we had um, recently, we had a, a testimonial from a client and they were you know, we know when we know it's bad is when we have to add rows to our budget uh, spreadsheet, like add Excel, you know, in Excel, you have to add rows. We had a a lot of rows for them and we love them. And they came in not really being able to afford groceries and they left as um, they graduated um, with the idea that they're going to, they're building generational wealth. And that was, that is like the blessing right. is their, their, their future. And what, what you just said, what they're going to be able to do what God is going to be able to do through them mm-hmm. because they're being obedient, because they're stepping into good stewardship, generosity, all of that. Like the future is just, it's all, I mean, it's always in God's hands, but it's mm-hmm. in, it's just, you've op- unlocked it. Like you said, you've unlocked Pandora's so box. much and um, the opposite of that. Yeah, but a good way, right? But in a good way, it's um, like you unlock this new way of life that they've yeah. never, they would have never thought was possible for them. Yeah. That I think is the best, the biggest blessing is when they walk away going, I can actually do this. I can breathe. I can buy a house. I can not ever go back into debt. I can, I'm, I'm going to leave, you know, so much money to my, not only my kids, but my kids as kids. So that's, and them believing that they can achieve that, I think is the other thing too. Yeah. Because abundant life is here now, right? Right Right now. Yep. Right now. And it's, it's a lot of, we're, we're really struggling because of lack of wisdom at the end of the day, right? It's like the tools are plenteous, right? The, the opportunities are the, the ways that you can just make refinements in your budget, like that is there, but it's the wisdom piece and how to really make that personal and practical for people so that they know 
they don't even question anymore. They just know that they can do this and get really great at it. Right. Yeah. And mine do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, we're, we're supposed to be set apart. Our ways are supposed to be different. And um, most people are operating off of the wisdom. <laughs> I'm going to put quotes around <laughs> that word of the world, right? They're operating what the culture is telling them. Like we'll have people coming in, caring about their credit score. We'll have people that just, that are trying to do it the world's way. And they're wondering why it's not mm-hmm. working. And everything that we do is, you know, based off of what God has told us to do. And it's pretty simple, <laughs> you know, it's actually pretty simple, but the, but of course the enemy wants to make it complicated and confusing and distracting and all of that. And so it, it, it is wisdom, but it's also, it's not, it's simple. You just have to like be obedient to, and submit to the process, submit to God's way for, with money and, Ta-da, you win. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but I would say some people think that the process is too simple, right? So when they see, oh, I just have to do this first. And then, and then after that's done, oh, then I just have to focus on this. And then it's, it's, you know, Dave Ramsey lays it out as the seven baby steps on purpose. Biblically speaking, there's seven steps, right? Um, So I I just think that we overcomplicate it. Like Shana said, the world overcomplicates it. And you think that it has to be more complicated than that for you to be successful. And it's really not. Yeah. So good. And can you both speak about your God journeys? Cause I know here on God's vibes, people might have a strained relationship with God. They might not be in relationship with God yet. That might be intimidating to them. They might be searching for God. They don't know if they, it's possible to hear from God. It's the whole spectrum, right? So can you both share a little bit about your God journeys? Cause it's so powerful when people can hear a testimony and that it's never a straight path. It just, mm. <laughs> right. Not it's not, thank goodness. Thank yeah, goodness lots of examples of that in the Bible. So we don't have to feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Um, are you, are you asking about like just individual, yeah. indi- but from like, like when, just how you like knew God, how you okay. actually started walking with him, what that journey has been like for you. And if you yeah. just want to plot point it or whatever you want to share. Yeah. So I always knew that I was supposed to go to church. My family, we grew up Catholic, but there were a lot of things that I didn't really believe in the, in the church. So they, they kind of stepped away, but that also meant, well, we just didn't go to church in general. <laughs> like, then we just never went to church. And, um, so I just knew that I was supposed to go to church. I just had that feeling inside. And so I I started asking my grandmother to take me to church when I was in middle school. And that's when I started learning about God and having a relationship with him and hearing and speaking and and all of that and and spending time in prayer. But it wasn't until I went to college when I heard a song over the radio that that's when I got saved. I remember having to pull over on the side of the road and, I just cried and spalled my eyes out because I had to, I had just, I couldn't drive anymore. And that's really where my relationship, I would say, started was when I was in college. And when we, we, my husband and I got married, we went to church, we started understanding the, you know, really what the Holy Spirit meant. And we knew we wanted our kids to be part of this Christian life that we, it was still all new to us. You know, when you're in college and you learn about it for the first time, really, then you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> There's a lot of foundation you have to lay, a lot you have to learn, a lot you have to dig into. But I think for me, honestly, it's it's being obedient. And my, my journey has been there are so many people out there that know a lot more verses than me, right? They know so much more about the Bible than me. And that is fine. That's always going to be the case. I'm not a great reader, but I, I, I hear from God. 
like he speaks to me. I, un, I just know that. And I, I listen, we have conversations. I spend time with God there. We, uh, I have two sided conversations, not just one sided. Right. And, and for me, like that relationship, that Holy spirit that lives in me, that is really, really important. You know, there are, you know, Shane and I have had conversations. There are churches locally that, that are here that just, they really dive deep into the word. You have to know the word, know the word. And I don't know all the words, but I, I know God. and I know he speaks to me. I know he speaks to my, my kids. I know that I speak, I live a life that is honoring God through our actions. And that is really important to me and my family. Yeah. And it's also the word that you live. That is yes. everything. Right. So, yes. If you, if you can't, you know, recite the whole Bible, nobody can, but if you can actually get it in your heart so much so that it transforms you and you live it, that's truly the point. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that was that I had a lot of fight with that because I always felt like I had to be a it meant to be a good Christian. If you knew all the verses, if you read the Bible, if you were learning the word, which I, I do every day, However, I, it took a minute for me to realize, oh, you're supposed to, you know, if you don't do all that, but you're living the word, that is something completely different. And that, that, uh, like weight that lifted off of my shoulders. Once I realized that that was okay, <laughs> that was okay for me. That was, that was huge. Yeah. Don't get me started on, <laughs> we, uh, she and I have had a lot of conversations about, um, when your relationship is based on Bible study and, and that's it. And that's, that's your relationship. That's, that's your faith is studying the Bible. And I, my latest theory is, you know, I don't think Mary knew the Greek. Maybe she did. I don't know, but you know, maybe she knew the Greek. And, but so like getting into the, you know, the etymology and all of this stuff is great and fun. That's a good hobby. You do that. You go girl. Okay. But also it's what that's part of it. Mm -hmm. That is part of what you are called and what your relationship is um, as a Christian and what, what you're supposed to be doing. So I just have, we have, have, we're having a little moment over here in in our area of the woods uh, about that. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole different topic. So my God journey. Okay. My mom grew up going to Baptist church seven days a week. And therefore when she turned 18, never wanted to go to church again, um, had a really, really bad relationship. Maybe it's healed. It's healing. I'll put it that way. Um, with God, like that's just the way it is. And I grew up, um, with my Nana being the, oh, and this is really ugly, but it has to be said because people need to hear it. Um, the example of what I never wanted to be like and why maybe Christianity wasn't a great choice for people. Um, however, God was always with me. And I have this idea, you know, that song 10,000, um, reasons. I really want to write my autobiography for my kids about 10,000 reasons, um, to sing his praises. And the first one would be when I got saved because God has always been with me. So my parents divorced when I was two. And, um, I definitely feel like the number one way the enemy has been attacking lately is, is through family. And if you don't know what a father figure is supposed to look like, it's going to be real hard for you to understand a loving, um, you know, heavenly father. You, I literally could not understand that. And it took me a long time to get there. However, he was still with me and he, you know, he, he was with me. So luckily I remember getting dropped off at a church because my mom would not go to church. 
Um, and I, I luckily I had like little God people, right? But they're big God people, but God puts people in your life. And I, and I, I, I had some, um, like older lady, she was, I don't even know how we connected. Uh, she would invite me to church and then I moved away from her and I wanted to go still cause I felt something right. Thank God for, um, the Holy spirit working, working on you. And, um, anyway, so I got dropped off. I think it was in like fifth grade or sixth grade and yeah. I got saved. And I mean that really importantly like i i i had sat through so many times hearing people talking about this especially when i was going to baptist church because they love to talk about it anyway it's fine and i was like okay i really want to do this and long story short that's the only reason i am where i am today my life trajectory was the opposite of where it is right now and it was such a young such a young age to feel taken care of to feel um whole and that I had a purpose and that I was important and all of that. Don't even, don't get me started. All of that. I would, I <laughs> never, I never had known that. And it, I still wouldn't, you know, the world didn't offer me that. So obviously anyway, so that's like the beginning of my story. Ah, and then it just kept getting better, honestly. So yeah, that's beautiful. And I think it, it's so important to recognize that, right? Like, so the, the pain and the dysfunction or the trauma or whatever it happens to be that's introduced to us in our family of origin and how we're brought up, that can either drive us away from God or it can make us run to him. And it's so, so interesting. But I love what you're highlighting too, is that his pursuit never changes, right? It's never like he turned away at any point. It's just usually our orientation. That's everything. So he just kept sending you what you could receive. Like, hey, little God minister, like, <laughs> randomly shows up randomly right. <laughs> right, and just is able to speak to you in a way that you're like, oh yeah, maybe there's something over here. So to anybody that could be listening, right, where it's like you, we have a tendency to overlook the simple and the subtle, but usually that's how God is moving and that's how he's speaking. And it's when you can recognize that and trust that that is him, right, that you'll start to see how he's bringing all of that together in a really beautiful yeah. way. I always say, you know, you're, you, I, I have so much evidence for my faith mm -hmm. that it doesn't even feel like it has to take faith because if you can take, if you can find and remember those cosmic collisions is what one, one of our friends used to say, call them cosmic collisions that like were accidents, haha -ha, joke. But yeah. the more that you gather of that and you're aware of that and you thank God for that and you see that, and usually in hindsight, right? We're, we're not the best at noticing necessarily in purpose. Like then you just have so much understanding like you said earlier about god's unwavering frequency that you said recently on your podcast that's yeah. who he is that's how he always is and the more i notice it the, the like i said i don't know you can you can you can school me on this it's like i don't even i don't have to have quote on faith i have evidence i have so much mm -hmm. evidence of my faith of ever of god moving in my life of the holy spirit working that it's not even a question it's not even it's just yeah yeah yeah, I love that. If if we build a track record with him, it's undeniable. But also what I love to say too, like he reminds us that he gives each person a measure of faith, right? Mm -hmm. Just like he gives you finances to steward that is different for everybody based on what they can handle. He also gives you his measure of faith. So even when you don't have it, you can count on his measure, yes. right? Which is such a beautiful yes. thing. Yeah. That's so good. I always think of it as uh, a ladder going up into the clouds this is how I've always 
always envision faith. It's mm-hmm. a lot of it going in, up into the clouds and you can't see the next step. You know, you can see the one that you're on and he's just expecting you to keep climbing and he's going to reveal the next step as you, as you, uh, as you lean on him and you are faithful, right? Mm-hmm. Just continue to go. And every single time, I think that's, you know, living, living with the Holy spirit, just being alive in you. It's like, you take the next step and mm-hmm. he blesses you and you take the next step and he blesses you. And every single time it has worked out. I know there's some times where people are like, Oh, they are so like, Oh, am I sure? Is this something I was just supposed to be doing and blah, blah. And they maybe get nervous about mm-hmm. taking a leap of faith. And then it's like, Oh yeah, the thousandth time I've done it before it's yeah, worked it's out. Worked so why out. would this yeah. be any different? But sometimes we get caught up on the questions and we just get scared. But every single time it's just been undeniable. I want to just really quick give my other metaphor. So Vanessa has the ladder in the clouds and I have the Michael Jackson video, which is um, (laughs) where he's walking on the lighted lighted path. And every time he puts his foot down, the light, the, the path, that part of the path lights up. And, you know, obviously from the old Testament, you know, your word is a light uh, to my feet, lamp on my path, whatever. Shana version, I helped, but um, that's how I always see it. Like you have to take that step. Mm-hmm. You take that step and God lights it up. God can, God is moving in that and and you're being obedient. Cause like she said, immediate, like delayed obedience, delayed blessing, mm-hmm. right? Immediately upon obedience. You're just like, what? Oh my God. I love too, right? That he like speaks to you in the way that you can hear him. So it's like Michael Jackson video for you. Yes. And like a ladder to heaven. <laughs> That's how I see it. It's so crazy. But you know, we, we like to tell clients too, it's God can, he can move a car that's in drive, right? Yes. He okay. can't, he can't steer a parked vehicle, but if you are in drive, if you are at least moving, he will steer you in the direction that you will, even if it takes, are you around the, even if you take it in a wrong turn, Preach. right? A couple that's times, a couple fine. Times. You can still go in the right direction as long as still in drive. Just and as slow as you want. Right. With your, with your, whether you're listening or discerning correctly, but you'll still move. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love to say that I'm like the best road dog or like co-pilot. I'm like, you just drive me and I'll like enjoy the ride. Yeah. So fun. Well, so before we wrap up here, I want to hear from both of you. I love a- asking this question, but say it's the end of your life many, many years from now. You can't, you know, just track with me. You can't take anything with you. So you can't take anything that you've created here, books that you've written, whatever you've done, you have to leave it here. But all you can offer is one statement or pearl of wisdom, some piece of advice that would change the course of people's destiny. What would you say? That's easy for me because it's what I, uh, okay. So I feel like the Bible can be summed up in three words, grace rules instead. And you know, obviously it's from the Romans and it's, you know, s- sin and death were ruling first and now it's grace. And if you can just accept that, like yeah. grace is ruling, not all of the negative opposite connotations of that. If you can just put that on your shoulders and let go of all the other heavy burdensome yokes, just grace rules instead, that, that would be mine. So the first thing that came to my mind was, um, and this is no reference to Nike, but do it. Like, I think there's so much um, scarcity mindset sometimes over whatever it is. 
you know, if it's wanting to take a trip with your family, if it's yeah. wanting to experience a certain situation, if it's wanting to start a business, if it's wanting to be more present, if it's, you know, being present more in, in, with your, with your kids, if it's wanting to go see your mom that you haven't seen in, in 20 years, do it because at the end of your life, you don't want to regret. You don't want to sit there and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a, a, a lot of reasons why we changed the way that we were living our life was I don't want to look back. And there were, there's a lot of stories, family stories that came up in that time frame. but I don't, I didn't ever wanted to sit back and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda, like mm -hmm. that, that really would be hard for me. And so I think mine would be do it, do the thing that you've been not doing, whether that's spending more time with God, whether that's taking the vacation, whether that's going on date nights with your spouse, whether that's going on date nights with your kids, whatever it is with your friend, with your friend, with your friend, <laughs> you know, um, do the thing. Love that. Well, I want to honor you both for being faithful stewards of what God has given you in the messy middle, in the hard, in the confusion, when it didn't feel like he was answering and for being such beautiful friends and modeling that for people that didn't have sisters or friendships or any of that. And just for this heart that you have to help people get free and live this abundant life. It's just such an honor to hear from both of you and what you've shared and how can people connect with you? Well, they can email us because that's our number one way. Um, info at myidealbalance.com. But we do have a website, myidealbalance.com. And um, that's, we're not really big on social media. You can try and we'll try to respond, but we're not, we can't guarantee anything. <laughs> but there's only two of us in our business. So if you email us, we will be the ones to respond back to you. So try to keep it simple like that. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the wealth of wisdom that you guys have. I appreciate you both. Oh, no. I thank you so much for having us. We really respect you and see you as a mentor. And we're so um, grateful. Every little nugget that you speak is, um, is, is seeds that are being planted. And we're so grateful. Yes. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you 
how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.